Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumb Cast. In this, the high noon of season five, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every goddamn page of MT2, the Weird Weird West, the second in a trio of time travel adventures for TSR's Marvel Superheroes RPG. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Weird Weird West was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 29 of The Weird Weird West. Today concludes chapter 13, The Hobart Gang, which finds our heroes, plus the heroes of the Old West, plus Phantom Rider, standing between the Hobart Gang, a gang of extremely cowardly desperados, and Albert Einstein, who is working on something very important in a shack, we are assured. So far, we have not seen Einstein or the important thing, but if you can't trust known outlaws with guns, who can you trust? Kid Colt and Rawhide Kid said it, and that's good enough for me. Yesterday, we found that um, this meticulously orchestrated encounter that's laid out in this chapter has literally an 83% chance of ending the first time any superhero uses any superpower with the mass panic and retreat of every member of the Hobart gang. So in play, our heroes are not likely to encounter a lot of these uh, little touches, these, these little delicate embellishments that the author lavished on these desperados. So I just want to take a quick tour through those because they pretty much take up this whole page and, and talk about what would have been in this encounter had all the bad guys not run away within the first couple of turns. Now, yesterday we talked about the leader of the Hobart gang, Pharaoh John Hobart. As I mentioned yesterday, he has these sleight of hand and gambling skills. He's got a rifle and a holdout derringer. He dreams of one day owning a gaming hall. He is a glib talker and a ruthless coward. So that's a pretty detailed sketch of John Hobart. We don't get as much detail about the nameless 'er ne'er-do-wells following him, but we get more than you might expect. First comes Average Rifleman. Average Rifleman has a fighting of typical and agility of good, a strength of typical and endurance of good, a reason of typical, an intuition of typical, and a psyche of poor. He has no powers, however, he does have talents. Quote, lasso and riding skills. The Rifleman is also skilled with the rifle and the revolver, plus one column shift. His six-shot handgun has a range of four areas, doing seven points of damage to a target. And then we get stats for his firearms. After that, though, when you would think maybe we'd be done, we get a background. Quote, this character is a street tough from Dodge, a man who spends time in the saloons drinking and gambling and hanging out with bad company. He is experienced with gun, horse, and cattle work. And then we get some role-playing notes. Now, this could have been done for practical purposes in one word. Scream. Every rifleman has a 97% chance to panic and flee as soon as any superhero uses any superpower. But just so we know what our motivation is, what the tenor of this screaming is, we get the following. Quote, role-playing notes. Riflemen follow Pharaoh's orders as long as he is alive to give them. They disrespect authority and are scornful of the Western heroes they encounter. They are quick to flee to save their own skins. I mean, that is technically true. Really, they are just quick to flee. They are quick to flee for any reason, including saving their skins. After the average rifleman comes the average mounted desperado. The average mounted desperado has a fighting of good, an agility of good, a strength of good, an endurance of typical, a reason of typical, an intuition of typical, and a psyche of poor. The average mounted desperado's interests include lasso and riding. We get stats for the firearms once again, and then we get a distinct background for the average mounted desperado. Quote, this character is a drifter from the streets of Dodge, a fellow who has been in trouble with the law and who has little to do but gamble, drink, and cause trouble. He is familiar with cattle work and is an experienced rider and roper. This is an unusual application of the idea of the mook, right? The nameless goon or henchman in a role-playing game who's not really a full character. 
just another bad guy to take down in big crowded combats. Usually the Mook is, at least implicitly, a person whose other facets beyond being a face to punch are not relevant. We're not interested in this character's name and outside interests. They're here being henchmen. We're going to beat them up. That's the extent of our relationship. This is a professional arrangement between fist and face. This goes a little deeper, though. It says here that the Desperado, quote, has little to do but gamble, drink, and cause trouble. It's not just that we're not interested in the other parts of this character's life. This Desperado just doesn't have anything else going on. This is a drifter who essentially is bored, essentially has nothing in their life but getting drunk and causing trouble. So that's good to know in playing the Desperado. No grand dreams of a gaming hall for this character. They're charging you on horseback with a handgun to get the money they assume is in that shack. And if they get it, they're going to sink it right back into this lifestyle. They're going to go do this somewhere else, but on a faster horse and more drunk. He does have a certain player character quality, this Desperado. He's on a bit of a treadmill. Now, you're going to beat these outlaws, and then here's what happens at the end of the scene. Quote, After defeating this gang, the player characters are fully accepted allies of the Western heroes, who proceed to introduce them to Albert Einstein. Play continues with Chapter 14, Uncle Albert. And then these characters, though, who've been with us, these Desperados who've become really part of the family, they are very summarily dealt with at the end of the chapter. Quote, any Desperado who is captured can be put in the root cellar as a temporary lockup. They have no useful information beyond the statement that the food located in Dodge City is inaccessible because of the dinosaurs rampaging there. These ruffians thought the Western heroes had made off with a stash of food and money from Dodge City, hence their attempt to claim these things for their own. The Western heroes will deal with these fellows at the conclusion of the adventure, and their further disposition should be of little concern to the player characters. In other words, we're done with bandits, we're done with Desperados, lock them in the cellar, Encourage the players never to think about them again. And then we're off to talk to Albert Einstein. The dumbest thing on this page, and this is a general complaint about the book. This is this is the place to talk about it, though, because believe it or not, this is kind of the height of Western action in this adventure. The dumbest thing is these two pages pack in a lot of material for Honest to God Old West adventure that is absolutely undeveloped, unsupported, just wasted, just unused. It's out here rotting in the sun like something that a white person killed for no reason. Let's just review these two pages and talk about what we've got here. Because when we look at this whole adventure, it's very easy to miss. We had everything we needed for some cowboy shit. The cowboy shit we were promised, it's almost here. The seeds are planted. So, all right, first of all, we got the Western heroes, right? Kid Colt, Two-Gun Kid, Rawhide Kid, and this space left intentionally blank. That's three solid, iconic Marvel gunslingers. Furthermore, we have antagonists for them. We have a gang, the Hobart Gang. The gang is run not just by John Hobart, by Pharaoh John Hobart. This is an Old West gang leader with a nickname and a gimmick. He's a gambler, a professional gambler. He has a goal in his banditry. He wants enough money to start a gaming hall. He's cowardly, but he's also an opportunist. If he thinks he has a chance to get ahead, he'll get in there. And that's why he assembled this gang of assorted drifters to go attack this shack, right? Among his crew, we have some hardened toughs from the streets of Dodge City, the murderous criminal element of the city. Cowboys, yes, but also experienced with the gun living a life of violence, but we also have unscrupulous, aimless drifters, men without direction who gamble, drink, and cause trouble just out of a lack of anything else in their life. Both of these types not only happen to have lassos, but are skilled, trained with the lasso, and they're experienced riders who also do cattle work when they're not out on bandit raids or wasting away their life in Old West saloons. Three of these men are on horses, the better to rush in and raid resources in this desperate time under the cover of distant rifle fire. Partly these men are greedy, but partly these men are desperate because Dodge City has become uninhabitable. 
They want criminal gain, but they need food and water. And it's down to their guns, horses, lassos, and the glib but questionable leadership of Pharaoh John Hobart to get them these things. You could get so much mileage out of just what I've gone over here. But what are we missing here? Number one. Far and away, number one. We could have had a lasso scene, a lasso challenge. I would have settled for a random encounter out in the godforsaken overland map. What if there were some kind of uh, mutated bull or maybe like some manner of giant circus tiger or like a quadruped robot from the future that's gone haywire? Something out there that's menacing refugees from Dodge City and is up to the superheroes to go out there and lasso this thing. Would have been fantastic. And it would have been cowboy shit, which we were promised and which this book has not delivered. You could have even worked it into the scenario. It could have been an actual part of this story instead of just a random encounter. But you know what I would rather have seen as an actual encounter, an integral part of this adventure? A saloon and some gambling. All of these bandits are saloon goers. The leader of the gang is nicknamed after a card game. He has gambling skills, both skills at legitimate gambling and skill at cheating. And it's noted that he's an opportunist and a card shark. It would be the most natural thing in the world to have a scene where we need something this motherfucker has, and so we play cards against him, and if the game starts to turn against him, he's going to start to try to cheat. So it's a challenge. Negotiate, bet, play legit poker, and stop him cheating. And then put the fear of God into his gang so that they make good on the bet and give you what you wanted. Or it could all end in a brawl, if things go sideways. Totally workable regardless, would be a great scene, and we'd actually get to visit a saloon that is a place where there's a scene happening, instead of, uh, I mean, I presume that there are empty saloons where nothing interesting is happening in the pathetic hull of Dodge City, out there under dinosaur occupation, but like a real saloon scene, with a salty barkeeper and saloon girls, and beers sliding across the bar, and horses tied up out front, somebody gets punched into the trough, all that stuff, we could have had that. And everything is here in these two pages that we need for that. I mean, at a trough, and that scene is here. But no, no gambling. There's room to explain all the gambling-based hopes and dreams of John Hobart, but not to do any actual gambling with him. Horses! Hey, did you know there were horses in the Old West? Horses! Why the fuck aren't we hearing about horses in this adventure? I mean, not only is it the Old West, so obviously we want to ride horses, but also, some of us on Team Superhero, some of us are sickly teenagers and need to get across the blazing hot 114-degree Kansas desert, but we've got the sure-footedness and cardiovascular health of a woman four times our age. We would love to ride a horse across the desert instead of walking our asses all the way everywhere we want to go. The Hobart gang has horses. Why don't we have horses? We have the riding skill available in this book. The riding skill is listed for many of these characters, but there's no indication of how you ride a horse. No indication of where we can find horses. No indication of how to do overland travel on a horse. In an adventure where we are paying an annoying degree of attention to provisioning and travel times, it would be the most natural thing in the world to make it a plot point that we got to get our hands on some horses to make good time to a destination. They could even be some kind of special horses. They could even have names. You could give them little tiny stat blocks, you know, like their horse stats, but then like each one of these horses has a unique appearance of like listed in one line. Like, you know, one of them is white. One of them has a brand like this. One of them has some little quirk about its beautiful mane or whatever. Just a little, a little something for the horse fans in the crowd. Something to hold on to, a name a brief appearance, and then each one of them has like a special strength. They're better than the other horses at something. Faster in a sprint, more endurance overland, better at doing tricks, better temperament, whatever. So we could pick out our horses from wherever it is we're getting horses, and then all ride off together on our horses who express our character out into the desert. We're on a desperate mission, and we need these horses to get there in time. 
That's some cowboy shit. That is the cowboy shit we were promised. And we get the riding skill, but we get no horses. I appreciate that we've just been beset by desperados, but this is the only time we're going to be attacked by Old West foes. And as we discussed yesterday, this encounter is barely an encounter. And then we're off to see Albert Einstein. Cowboy shit over. Hope you enjoyed it. And in contrast to all the things that are missing here, consider what we do have. I appreciate the little bit of world context, the little bit of uh, Old West skills that they gave to these desperados and bandits. But when it comes to their actual stat block and their actual weapons, they're pretty much stock characters right out of the judge's guide. I mean, if you were to use like hitmen or enforcers, which are tiny stat block standard characters from the advanced judge's guide, the stats are not meaningfully different. Tiny little differences, not important, except for the fact that the characters here in this book have lasso and riding skills, which are never used. This is really a page full of wasted space, but it's not that I resent it being here, it's that I resent it not being developed. I want this material used. We're in the Old West, I want cowboy shit, I want to be lassoed and hogtied by a desperado. That's not just the title of my upcoming spicy Old West romance novel, it is also my earnest expectation of an Old West adventure module. So yeah, a very disappointing page. I'm glad we got the tiny bit of cowboy shit that we did, but the overall lack of cowboy shit in this game when all the tools are here. Dumbest thing on this page, one of the dumbest things in this book. Anyway, our brief foray into actual Wild West adventure may be over, but we can keep the spirit of cowboy shit alive if we can somehow keep these fucking cowboys alive. Join me next time as we discuss that predicament on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret, patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's theme music, used under Creative Commons license, is Western Firefight 2 by Kula, whose work you can find at Kulla.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H dot com. Thanks for listening.